0: High end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look, be your own interior designer. This is Affordable Interior Design, the podcast. Here's your host, Betsy Hellman. Hi, everybody. I hope you're having a great week. Before I launch in and answer the questions that have rolled in, I want to share a personal success story. So I told you all last week that we had sold our house. Not only did we sell it in the exact time frame we wanted, one weekend, because I didn't want so many showings. We were living in a hotel. It was very disruptive. I want to like put my towel back on the hook. I want to live like I really live rather than making my home look like nobody's here or that we're super minimal because that could not be further from the truth. Anyway, I was so excited that it sold quickly and it went for way over ask, which I didn't share with you guys. It went for more than $150,000 over ask, which is exactly why we put it on the market at this time, because we were hoping to really take advantage of the boom that's happening before a lot of other homes came on the market, before the interest rates went through the roof. So I feel really good about the timing. And you all know that as a designer, not only have I had amazing stagers on the podcast, I study staging a little bit. I dabble. We don't even offer staging services per se at my firm. We're primarily designers, and it is a different skill set. So I know a little bit right? I know that you should remove excess furniture, that you should think about how somebody is walking through the space, not just how they would function inside the space because you want it to show well. You should think about removing bulky drapes so that your windows look bright and open and light. There are just some basic low-level points to keep in mind, which I have mastered. But I wanted to get top dollar. I did not want to take any chances. And I asked the real estate agent, right? So we hired this real estate agent. She walked through with us. She's a big agent in our town. And I said, you know, I've always heard that I need to take down my personal photos. What do you think? She's like, no, leave them up. I think it'll make it more homey. I said, I've always heard that, you know, you want to really remove your items like from the medicine cabinet or the shower so that it looks, you know, kind of empty. No, no, keep a few shampoos so that people can kind of see themselves living there. Okay. Then I decided that those answers did not sit well with me. They went against not only my own personal instincts, but they went against you know tips that I've been using with my clients. I would never let people keep all their personal pictures up. And when I have been going to open houses over the past year, I would look at people's personal pictures and get distracted. Who are they? What are they doing here? How many kids did they have? I wonder if their kids ever covered, colored on the walls. Did they scratch the floors? Is there something I can't see? You know, I even asked her, Do we get rid of like the dog bowls? No, no, no. It'll be nice for people to see that. Uh, So I just didn't feel completely at ease with those answers. In our academy is an amazing, very successful stager, Ashley Tapley, who I've had on the podcast before. She owns House Candy Home, and she's a stager in California who added interior design services to her business after taking the academy. I reached out to her and said, Ashley, I need to hire you. I know you can't come out here. I know your warehouse of amazing, beautiful accessories has to stay there, but I am willing to buy whatever you say. I am willing to do whatever you say. I have seen your success stories on your social media. I want to be one of them. In an hour session with Ashley, I literally was just on Zoom with her, walking her around my house pointing out areas, asking questions. In an hour with her, I got so much amazing advice that I am convinced that working with Ashley is the reason that I got top dollar in such a quick way. So let me share a few tips that she shared with me that I was surprised by, that I didn't know about. I just learned so much from working with her on my own home that I thought I'd share a couple tidbits with you. And if you're looking to sell, definitely look into house candy home because she offers virtual services and it made all the difference. So one thing she said to me was that you know you need to clear out your fridge, which I kind of knew, but I'm still living there. I'm not just going to take everything out and throw it away. She said you want it to look really healthy. So for instance, my husband drinks diet soda. No, that cannot be in the fridge. So I went out, she suggested specifically staging with Pellegrinos. I got the little bottles of Pellegrino. I lined them up perfectly in a formation. She said to have lots of vegetables and healthy things up front. So I went into my crisper. I got these clear caddies and I filled them with the vegetables and the things that were less interesting, the, you know, Prego spaghetti sauce, the Trader Joe's sauces. Either I used them up or I tucked them behind the vegetables. So they were much less conspicuous. I even had my mother-in-law organize our freezer, because Ashley told me that everything needs to look very organized in rows, in baskets, you know, you can't just leave the stuff uncluttered because, or cluttered excuse me, because people will assume that maybe you're cluttery or maybe you're messy or they'll be distracted rather than feel aspirational, like, wow, if I lived here, look at how organized I could be. So that was really interesting, and I don't even drink Pellegrino, and now I have a fridge full. Uh, The other thing is that she looked at my pillows. Now, of course, I have lots of pillows, but I actually use my pillows. I use them as a backrest at night. I use them to put my feet up. My kids use them to build forts. Our pillows, while I refresh them every six months, typically I do buy some new pillows every six to eight months they are lived in. And she was like, no, we cannot have lived in pillows. They need to look plush and lush and full. Uh, So I went out and even though I have 600 pillows in my basement, they've all been loved. And so I got brand new, fresh pillows from Marshalls and they did look A lot different even though i have amazing fills in my pillows i always plop them up for guests there's nothing like a brand new pillow that has no you know lumps no blumps the other thing that she mentioned that was very surprising is that she said you want to add as many plants as possible she said you want it to be one plant shy of a jungle i was like oh my goodness first of all as you guys know especially from my interview with maria back in january from bloom and grow radio i do not have a very green thumb but i took ashley's words to heart i went to trader joe's i dropped 200 dollars on succulents ferns flowers potted plants it's been two weeks Three weeks and they're still alive, if you can even believe it. I'm feeling pretty proud of myself. But I staged this place to the max. Every room had at least three succulents, had something growing. I got these huge palms. I mean, I invested quite a bit uh, in getting this place ready and taking her advice. But like I said, I think it made all the difference. I had a huge palm in the corner of my dining room we transformed this little guest room into an office space because right now people are looking for more home office options and i put another big fern in there or i guess it's a palm palm see i don't even know the different different types of plants but they're still thriving And those were just a few of the amazing tips I got. Also, I was kind of worried because we were having some work done in our house. Like I was having some walls repainted because over time my kids had touched the walls or we took down all those family photos because Ashley definitely affirmed my feeling that those had to go. And so we had to patch the holes and repaint And I was worried that the place was going to smell like paint. I was like, Ashley, how do I make this place smell inviting? You know, I always hate it when people have a lot of scented candles or even when they bake those cookies for the open house, because I feel like they're trying to cover something up, like they're trying to hide something and actually assured me that the smell of paint is actually what you want. She said that is like that new car smell, but for a staged or home that's on the market. And she said that smell is going to be amazing. If you do feel like you want to get any smells in addition, make sure that you get something that's not overly um, perfumey. So I couldn't let it go, right? Paint, okay, that does have some kind of odor. But I went to Home Goods. I only made two stops to stage my whole place Home Goods and Trader Joe's. And at Home Goods, I got these candles that were scented uh, cedar and sea salt. I didn't actually burn them, but, you know, when you take that lid off, oftentimes they're so aromatic that you can get that sense, especially if you put it in strategic locations, like right at the front door or in the kitchen where they're lingering quite a long time. Uh, You can really get that aroma to come out, even if you're not burning the candle. All of these tips and more. Thanks to Ashley's great advice and expertise led to our amazingly quick sale. So I just wanted to give her a shout out and also give you some staging tips. If you're working on your space, if you're going to take advantage of the bubble, like we did of the bubble, take advantage of the hot market, I guess, yes, there is a bubble and hopefully it won't burst before you get your big, big sale. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. Do you love this podcast? Do you wish you could learn even more And if one of those classes sounded intriguing, but maybe you already have my book or some of the other topics are not of interest, you can buy the classes individually at that site as well. Each class is $40. So head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to get your bundle or your online class today. Let's dig in and answer some questions from our mailbag. My first question comes from Kimberly. Kimberly writes, Hi, Betsy. I am really struggling with a current remodel project. I'm helping my boyfriend. He bought a small ranch-style house, three beds, one bath, and he intends to fix it up and sell within five years. I know from listening to your podcast that you love color, and we do too, but we're very discouraged because I feel like it's a bad idea to put too much personality into the house if we're not going to stay here forever. We don't want to deter future buyers, but we also want to enjoy the space while we're living here. Do you have any advice? Thank you for all you do. I love your podcast. This really piggybacks off my previous discussion that I was having with you all about staging, because I do think that it's important. If you're making renovation selections, if you're going to be moving out in the next five to seven years, that you think about what the next person in your area is going to be looking for. And design feel, design vibe, design trends do vary from region to region. For instance, the places that Ashley normally stages in California have more of a beachy coastal vibe. We're out here right outside New York City, even though I can see the Hudson River from my office, we don't have that coastal atmosphere out here. People are looking for modern, clean, fresh, almost with an urban vibe since they're most likely moving from the city. So you want to think, Kimberly, uh, Kimberly in Wisconsin, you want to be thinking about what do people like in Wisconsin? You know, do I live near a lake? Are they hoping for that lake house type vibe? Then maybe I'll go with some blues or some greens, right, to really emphasize that. But I do think overall you should be skewing towards neutral. Because you can add your own personality and flair with pillows, artwork, books, tchotchkes, all the things that Ashley is going to tell you to remove when you're staging or going to tell you to pare down when you're staging. Infuse the place with personality with items that you can take with you. Uh, All those beautiful pillows that I love that look perfectly good to me, Well, I'm going to be taking them with me to my next space, even though they weren't appropriate for staging this space. In other words, when you're thinking about flooring, when you're thinking about backsplash, when you're thinking about countertops, cabinets, vanities, you do want to be thinking about timeless choices that are somewhat neutral that buyers are going to love. Definitely marble is timeless, not going anywhere fast. Uh, so if you're thinking about floors for the bathroom, backsplash in the kitchen, that would be a great material, not so much a good material for the countertops due to the high maintenance, porous nature of marble, but you'll also want to think about maybe white cabinets right now. Gray is having a moment, but I don't feel it's timeless. So gray cabinets, while they may be hot today, may not be hot in five years, as well as gray stained floors. I think those are also on their way out. In terms of metal finishes, I would stay away from strictly golds and brasses. I think that strictly warm metals are a thing that's also going to look a little trendy soon. But in your area where I would wager that the modern farmhouse look is all the rage, I think you could go for dark metals and get a lot of longevity out of that. I think you could go for cool metals, that silver family, and get a lot of longevity out of that. Don't worry. There will be plenty of places with the furniture and the artwork and the rugs and the accessories to infuse all the color that you and your boyfriend want to. But with those renovation choices, keep it neutral, keep it classic, and you'll get the highest dollar amount when you sell. Let's go to my next question. My next question here. Comes all the way from Connecticut, which is also where I'm looking for my next house. So Jennifer, you and I may be neighbors very soon. Jennifer from Connecticut is writing in and she says, Hi Betsy, we're in the process of decorating our new home. My husband and I are disagreeing on the aesthetic for the living room area. I would love to have a colorful, modern living room. Whereas John's aesthetic is more what I would describe as modern cabin living room. A note is that we have almost two adult children and we love to entertain. Do you have any tips on how to blend my love of color and John's forest home sensibilities so that we're both happy and comfortable in our new living room? Thanks. Well, thank you, Jennifer, for sending in these pictures. They're a big help so that I can understand what the goal is. And I do think that there's some overlap or at least ways to meet in the middle so it sounds like john is really liking this rustic farmhouse type vibe and you are hoping for something more contemporary now people these days are calling it modern and as any of you know who've read my book or listened to the podcast modern refers to an era in the 30s the bauhaus movement clean lines, lacquer, whites, blacks, color blocking, it doesn't refer to what's going on right now, which is contemporary. That's what we call contemporary. So I have a feeling you mean modern as to what's happening right now. And I actually think if Webster is listening that we need to change the dictionary definition of modern. Everybody is using modern to refer to what's happening now. And I think sometimes we need to go with what everybody's saying and doing. For instance, I'm opening a new division of my business that will be referring to design as modern when really we're going to be talking about contemporary design. But it's time to use the language of what people are talking about. It's time to use the search keywords of what people are typing in and everybody types in modern. Okay. I agree that this rustic forest aesthetic can look pretty sterile in terms of its lack of color. You know, So often it relies on the creams, the whites, the blacks, the browns, even using black metals so that it can feel cold, it can feel unapproachable unless you use a lot of wood to help offset that and make it cozy. I recommend that you merge John's aesthetic Loving the kind of rustic materials and rustic vibe, but you add some color with an inspiration piece. The best way to do that would be a big piece of art or a rug that has multiple colors. Now, when we're saying colors, perhaps the artwork or the rug is quite vibrant. So that way we can compromise with your favorite style, which is that colorful contemporary. So maybe it's quite vibrant. Maybe it's got more than three Roy G. Biv colors. But when you're pulling those colors from the inspiration piece to use as your color palette for the room, you may want to focus your 60 and 30% on colors that evoke forest feelings, like an emerald green, like a rustic blue, right? These would be colors that would feel right at home in a forest type landscape. Maybe we want to go with a wheat yellow. These are colors that don't feel that far off from what you may find in a forest. And you'll still get your fix in terms of being able to use real colors, not just rustic neutrals. And then for that 10%, maybe you choose something that's not found in a forest. Teal, purple, maybe you go a little rogue in those tiny doses, say some bookends, a couple of pillows, a fun throw blanket, right? John will let you have that 10% as long as the 60 and 30 reflect his love of these forest, lake, rustic tones. I hope that you feel like that would be a good compromise. I would love to hear what you decide because, as a designer who regularly works with clients, all the time I'm hearing, my husband likes this. I like this. How do we make it work? And I don't want you to forget that besides your husband, besides you, Not talking about the adult children, but talking about the other person who lives in this space now. And that's the architecture of the space. If the architecture is mid-century modern or, or very contemporary, we might need to lean a little bit more to your side in terms of selecting furnishings and materials. If the space is a converted farmhouse, if it's a historic home, we might need to lean a little bit more towards John's preferences in order to make everything look cohesive within the space. Still, we can use the fun colors, but as we're selecting actual furniture pieces, we want to be mindful that the architecture of the home, especially if it's quite strong, right? Not just a common ranch or a colonial, but something that has a lot of presence like beams, like wall-to-wall glass things like that we need to be mindful that we're designing with that aesthetic in mind as well there's lots to think about jennifer but i know you can handle it and maybe i'll be seeing your rustic farmhouse from my rustic farmhouse side by side in connecticut who knows everyone it's so good connecting with you again this week if you have questions if you want to show me what's going on in your space please go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash podcast. Once again, that's affordableinteriordesign.com slash podcast. There you'll see a place where you can submit a question, submit all your pictures. And of course, you can always head to our YouTube channel, Affordable Interior Design. That's the name of the channel. And you can see pictures that Jennifer sent in. You can see me talking about these things. Uh, There's lots to check out, and I hope you'll go investigate. Bye.